0: Hello and welcome to JM Rewind. JM Rewind gives us a chance to check out some of the recent conversations that have taken place on JM and the AM. Rabbi Mordechai Kanelsky was with us recently to discuss doing chesed for people before Pesach. Here's that conversation on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. A song dedicated by Leif the Heart to the memory of Chaim Lobo Silber. And I play it not only because it's Shabbos Mubarakim, but because the topic we are about, discuss, about to discuss, I discussed more on the air with Lobo than anybody else over the years.
1: It's
0: also my father's yard site, and Lobo was among the last people to speak to my father before my father passed away. I remember that today as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we, we have a lot of important segments on this show for many, many years, the next few minutes might be the most important segment of the year. I'm asking all of you to pay careful attention. Th- this next segment, these next few minutes, might be the most important segment of the year. Rabbi Mordechai Konelsky is with us live via telephone. I'm, I am, I've i already uh, publicly stated, I mentioned this yesterday, that Rabbi Konelsky... Is on this morning, not in his capacity with Briss Rum. We'll have an opportunity to speak about the great work that Briss Rum is about to do for Pesach 5781. We'll have a chance to do that. He's on this morning because a very prominent Balabas, a very prominent uh, person in the, on the Jewish communal scene, asked him to specifically use this program to discuss a very, very important subject before Rosh Chodesh Nissan, And that's why Rabbi Kanelsky is with us this morning. Rabbi Kanelsky, a uh, good morning to you, a good of Shabbos, good of Rosh Chodesh. Thanks for joining us here at JM in the AM.
2: Thank you for giving us the opportunity. Good morning. Thank you for giving us the opportunity. As a greatest vehicle for the Jewish community is the Nachum Siegel Show. Many people listen in being inspired but not just being inspired you are the source that gives them the ability to know i had a friend who used to travel to manhattan and he said to me that his wife likes candles because he listens to your show and he calls her after the show and says nahum Sigal said this is time for id
1: candles
2: <laughs> wow. you can never know how many people you inspire now this person is an entrepreneur person, and he's in his circle, and he says to people that his wife likes Shabbos candles, then the other people say, wow, she likes Shabbat candles, and this person listens to Nahum Segal, most probably has to be something good. <laughs> and therefore, therefore, and more than that, you know, I am a host of yours for your program for many, 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 many years since when you were still in this orange, in that building, then we were going back many, many years. And I want to tell you one thing. You are making sure that every single thing in the Jewish community, is it in Israel, is it abroad, you make people involved. Is it through your words? Is it through your special attention to that? And always you put in some jokes that people don't feel that this is something was said, I have to do it, but the opposite. Let's do it together. Wow. And when my person of the board called me up and says, I have an idea, and, I, and here came an idea from a person who is, an, who is a businessman. And he says, Rabbi, we have to do something in a most global way. I know you have connection with the Nahum Sigel Show. I know Nahum is your friend. Call him up, please. See if for the next two weeks we could dedicate and do something as a Am Israel, as a Jewish nation, together.
0: Well, as, as Rabbi Kanelsky just said, this was initiated by a, a prominent Balabas, somebody who's very involved in Jewish communal life. And the topic, and this is why I call this such an important topic, and maybe the most important segment of the year. Uh, the topic is something we've discussed. I, I mentioned that with Lobo of Blessed Memory, I discussed it with him a million times, and that is doing chesed, doing chesed on whatever level you can. Doing chesed for another person, doing chesed for another family. And now the prominent member of, uh, of Rabbi Kanelsky's board asked that we extend that, that we not only encourage people now in the next two weeks before Pesach to do chesed, and to do chesed for others, but to to remind them that even though they are a recipient of chesed, they can then go ahead in their own capacity, at their own level, with their own ability. They can go ahead and do a chesed for somebody else. I always cite the example of something I learned many, 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 many years ago, and thank God I learned it early. And that is on an of Shabbos, and today's of Shabbos. On an of Shabbos, if if you know of somebody who's in financial difficulty, and it could be really serious financial difficulty, if you give them $20, it could change everything in their life for that Shabbos. They can get the few items they need that they promised their wife they would get, and they didn't know how they'd be able to pay for it. It would increase the shlom bias that comes from that. The ripple effect is amazing what one small act of chesed can do. The ripple effect is amazing. And now... As, this, um, uh, as the person indicated by Konelsky, it's not just doing for somebody else. We're always encouraging that. Small acts, whatever you can do, whatever's in your capacity, especially the next two weeks. Pesach's coming. Pesach is coming. You know how hard it is for people, Pesach? But in addition to that, remind them and convince them and, re- and just encourage them that they too, in whatever capacity they can, can help somebody else right now before Yontif. I take great pride in this concept, by the way, because it was Holomoid Pesach that we always encouraged everybody, and we will do it again. We're going to do it again. We encourage people to not just buy tickets to the amusement parks, but to speak to the people at NCSY so you could buy tickets for those who can't afford it, so that the kids can have somewhere to go, that families can have a wonderful Holomoid day. And this is obviously a much, much bigger extension than that. Now, Rabbi Kanelsky, and I saw you earlier in the week, and, I, and I'm, I'm unabashed about this. By the way, I'm, I announced that you're making me the chairman of this campaign. I'm proud to be the chairman of this campaign, and I'm gonna if, if it takes me using me as an example to encourage others, I'm gonna do it. I saw you this week, and my mother of blessed memory, and we didn't ha- we didn't have a lot of money growing up, frankly, and my mother of blessed memory always insisted that her children, or at least in my case, I remember she always says it, that her children set aside something for chitim. from the small jobs that we had. It always, you have to give something to the Moschitim fund of the shul because there are people before Pesach, it's the time of year, and I would suspect, frankly, that she probably, when she was younger, was helped by certain people before Pesach when it's so hard to make Pesach. See, yesterday when I saw you A total coincidence. A total coincidence. I handed you two $20 bills, and I said, Rabbi, not in your capacity of Avram, just in your capacity of being somebody who knows a lot of people. You probably know people that are having difficulty making Pesach. Please use this as part of your maus And you said to me, oh, perfect. You gave me two $20 bills. It's two. It's all about two. It's all about... G- in giving to one person and encouraging them to give to another. But then you told me, Rabbi Kodelsky, that there's an even greater significance to the fact that it was two. Could you explain why, as we approach Rosh Chodesh Nisan, this number two is so important?
2: As Rabbi Yudin mentioned before, uh, we are going to read tomorrow Parsh And Parsh Zachodesh is when the Rebbeinah gives his, his commending Moshe Rabbeinu to say to the Eden that we, we're going to go out from Israel, and he gives us a mitzvah. Our sages are saying that when we left Egypt, when we had to leave Egypt, we were naked of any mitzvah, as it says, at Aaron the Right. Says the Medrash, the Rebbeinah gave to us two mitzvahs, Dam Pesach and Dam Mila, two The the dam, the blood of the the male made a breeze, and the dam pesach that we brought, that korban, that sacrifice, on the eve of pesach. And the merit of these two mitzvahs, we left Egypt. And the Rebbe is asking a question. The Lubavitcher Rebbe is asking a question. Why two? If the Rebbeinu was wishing that we should have something about to hook on, let's do one mitzvah, ten mitzvahs. And more, why is it up to these two mitzvahs? And the Rebbe explains that the two mitzvahs are presenting the two parts of mitzvahs in general. We have positive mitzvahs and negative mitzvahs. 248 positive mitzvahs, 365 negative mitzvahs, or we are prohibited to do. These two mitzvahs are presenting that two kinds. Dam Pesach, that is representing the three hundred and sixty five negative mitzvahs because that ship was the avedazore, was the idol worship of the Egyptians. And through that that a Jew took that Avedazore and brought it as a sacrifice to God, we distanced ourselves from any kind of Avedazore, from any kind of not doing something that like that tremendous. The Dan Miller, the breeze, was a bound between a Jew and God and that represented one, the, the 248 mitzvahs. And in the merit of that two mitzvahs, we left Egypt. This, our sages are saying, Benison Nigalo or yep. Benison Asido yep. In the month of Nisan was our first redemption. And in the month of Nisan, well, God willing be our ultimate redemption. We are looking for two mitzvahs. And the two mitzvahs is, do a mitzvah by yourself, and encourage another person to do. Don't be selfish. Don't keep all the mislots to yourself. <laughs> make another person involved. Let the other person do also a misra. How do we do that? When you're saying, at school, at excited, let's help our neighbor. Let's call up somebody. Maybe somebody needs something. And if each one of us will make a change, I will do a miss, and I will encourage somebody to do a mitzvah. We will keep that pandemic of the COVID-19 out. We are, unfortunately, a year after that. That brought much distance between one Jew and another Jew. We we need now our Israel in the proper command. We have to love a Jew, help a Jew. Doesn't mean that we don't have to do the guidelines, but we have to do it. But there is plenty of ways how to do it to help another Jew, with a mask and with and with distance of six feet and everything we could do.
0: Yeah, and by the way, yeah, and last Pesach we were really isolated. Our shuls were closed, etc. We, we have a lot to make up for. It, it's really two because we have to do what we need to do this Pesach. And we have to make up for what we didn't do last Pesach. But it's more than that. When you have a string that
2: is being gripped, you cannot bind with one knot. You have to make a double knot. We were distant for a year. Let's now be bonded one with another. How do we being bonded? Through doing these two mitzvahs. Sometimes the mitzvah is only 50 cents or a dollar. Maybe it's a quarter, just to call up somebody. And I will conclude with a small story that I heard that that story changed my whole approach to that campaign. There was a Jew in, in, here in New York that in his floor was living an elderly woman. And unfortunately, she was her husband many years ago, and she used to go on Pesach, always to her children's therapist That neighbor walked over to her and said to her, you are by yourself with a Pesach saver. Just let's open up the door. You will sit on a chair by your door, and you will hear how we are making our Pesach saver and you will be a part of that. Mm. Last year, Pesach. Came to the Pesach Seder, and the songs were special, and the questions, and everything was very unique. And after the Pesach Seder, she calls up the neighbor after Pesach, and she says, you made the Seder exactly like my husband used to do the Seder. (laughs) For many years, I never had such a Seder like my husband. You were singing the same songs that my husband used to sing. You, used to, uh, you asked all the questions that my husband used to ask. How do you know it? He did not respond. What happened? He called up her son in Israel.
0: No way.
2: And, and said to her, to the son, oh. my dear son, your mother is our neighbor. Can you please tell me? What was the song that your father used to sing by the Pacer Seder? Oh my gosh. Oh my
0: gosh. What was
2: the conversation at the Pacer Seder? And you took notes of the song. What happened? (sighs) And that made that woman a different Pacer Seder. We could do the same thing. We sure have elderly people. We have people that don't have anything how to make the Pacer Seder, they are lonely. Call up a neighbor, find out how does she like the Pesach Seder, what she needs, what does she want, and you will make a change, not just for her, for yourself. When you help another person, you're helping yourself. You don't help the other person. <laughs> As we said in the Migile, The take care of everybody. The question is if we are being a part of that big Revelation of the coming of Mashiach. When Moshiach will come, we will all be there. The question is, if we will be on the, on, the place, on the playing stage, on the floor, and we will be players, or we will have back seats and watch them, or we will have binoculars and sit in the back and watch what's going on. Let's not buy binoculars. Let's not buy, buy, buy uh, seats. Let's be players. We are the players of the ultimate redemption of the coming of Mashiach.
0: We have, um, as I said, probably the most important segment of the year. Uh, Everybody listening, we have a unique opportunity over the next two weeks with Pesach coming, and that is to do something um, for somebody in need, and needs are not always financial needs, as Rabbi Kanelsky just described, and encourage them to do for somebody else. Who might be in need. and again, it could be financial or otherwise. Uh, I am proud to be the chairman of this campaign and I'll be reminding everybody about this message as we continue to get closer and closer to Pesach. I always point out and I point it out with pride and to the chagrin of some of my staff members. We are an entity that needs your funds, your contributions to continue. And yet, as often as possible, it seems, I am asking you to support other important causes, and this is a really, really important one. Um, we have a special obligation to take care of those needy in our community, seek them out, and give what you can and be a part of it uh, by giving to them directly and by helping them directly and by encouraging them to help others who are in need. And Rabbi Kanowski, I need to... I know it's not all about financial, but but when it comes to Pesach, I need to make this point, and I'll, I'll end with this, but I need to make this point. It, 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 you know a lot of people who are in great financial need. You know them from your neighborhood, you know them from the greater Jewish community, and you know them from all the different places where you've had influence uh, geographically over the last, last many, many decades. If I were to hand you, in theory, or anybody were to hand you, like I did this week with the, with the story with the $20, if someone was to hand you five $100 bills, now we know you can't make Pesach for $100. We all know that. It's impossible. And we all know that the expenses are much greater than that. But just tell me, please, on the air, how much lachatz, how much, how much less pressure a person or a family would feel if they were given just $100 in advance of Pesach to buy Pesach products, even though it's not enough, even though they need more. How much lachats, how much pressure would they be alleviated from? What kind of chesed would it be if they were handed just that amount of money as we get closer to Pesach? I will add a very
2: important statement to that. It's not the $100. It's not the $20. When a person walks over, Moisha comes over to Yanko and says, I want to help you, and takes out anything from a pocket and gives him, the other person feels, I am not alone in the bottle. Yeah. There is somebody else who helps me. Yeah. And that is easing greatly. It's not so much the amount as the smile. The Rambam says when you're giving Docker, you should give it a smile. Yeah, no question. And this is the most important. When you give it, smile to the person. Tell him, I love you. Maybe you cannot hug him because of corona, (laughs) but you could tell him I love you.
0: Yeah, and the the virtual hugs work. Uh, Please tell the Balabas, who brilliantly brought all of this to our attention, that I am with great enthusiasm, taking on the role for the next two weeks as chairman of this campaign.
2: He is listening to our conversation now. Good. And I'm sure that he, I will talk to him in five minutes and I will share with him. Uh, and I will hear his uh, comments and I will share it with you. And I'm sure that everybody who will listen to you for the next two weeks will make a change, but the most important, we will all collectively say, materialize our promise from last year. We Shona This is the year. This is the year that we all coming to
0: Yerushalayim. And, and this conversation, in addition to being the Nishmas, my father, it is the 28th of Adar, but we're also going to make this conversation the Ilu Nishmas, Chaim Lobo Silber, because I told you, That he was my original co-chairman on campaigns like this, describing to the audience how the smallest little thing that you do for somebody, financial or otherwise, can just change their day and change their life. And I accept with great enthusiasm the chairmanship of the campaign that I think we're going to – we're going to take Miriam Wallach's advice. We're going to call it It Takes Two because it's two, everybody. It's it's, encouraging. It's us doing a kind act for somebody else or another family, and it's then encouraging them when they say to you, how can I ever thank you? You say, no need to thank me. I encourage you to do the same thing for somebody else with great pride and great enthusiasm. Do the same thing, a kind word, a chesed, a ride for somebody, or if you can afford it, you give, give them a, a, some money to uh, to help make Pesach, whatever it might be. So that's what I have to say.
2: Of that campaign... And on behalf of my wife, Sterny, and your wife, and we together will all say to Klaw Royal, and kosher Pesach.
0: I appreciate that, and have a wonderful Shabbos, and we'll speak to you next week, over Kanelski, on, on other topics. But again, no more important topic than this. It takes two, everybody, and we want to emphasize that there's two in this process. It's not just you giving to someone else. It's then they being encouraged to go ahead and do for somebody. And, and I'm not calling I, – I didn't I didn't like when someone suggested, oh, it's pay it forward. No, no, no. Pay it forward has no deadline. Pay it forward is, you know, five years later you say, oh, this guy helped me get a job and now I'm in a position to give someone else a job. I'm going to do it. No, no, no. We're not waiting how long it takes to pay something forward. We're encouraging the person – who we are helping don't help don't thank me just go ahead and do the same thing for somebody else take out a twenty dollar bill write a check for a thousand dollars or if financially you can't help out there are a million other ways you could help out i'll never forget i i actually transcribed (laughs) this was crazy i actually transcribed after lobo passed away uh, some of the conversations we had on the air. I have them here somewhere. I have to find them. I'd, I'd like to read them actually during the next two weeks. They're very inspiring. And one of the stories he tells is that he hired an ice cream truck to come to the bungalow colony just to give out ice cream to the kids. That was it. How much could it have been? I mean, what is it? A couple of dollars a kid, whatever it is? And he says that that's all they talked about the entire summer. That they, you know, that, that they had such a treat, such a chesed that they. You know, he of course did it with so much fun involved, etc. He he, he 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 would not only do things for people; he always wanted to do it with great fun and enthusiasm. So, whatever it is, whatever it takes, maybe it's sending a a maybe it's sending a pizza pie on Erav Pesach, or this year wouldn't be Erav Pesach, obviously. Erev Pesach is Shabbos, but B'dikas Chometz night, Thursday. Sending a few pizza pies to different families that might be struggling should they spend the $20 on a pizza pie. But then again, they want to feed their family, and it's hard to feed a family because it's night because you know what? All that hummets are out. That's a good campaign. By the way, by the way, that's a great idea. That I just stumbled on a great idea. Could you imagine walking into a local pizza shop and saying, please deliver? these five pizza pies to these five families on Thursday night, and I'm going to let them know they're coming because that's going to be my help in helping them prepare for Pesach. The truth is I could sit here and think of a million examples, um, but I think everybody out there gets the point. It's Erev Pesach, everybody. And with all the days during the year that we need to keep other people in mind and do for other people as much as we can, with all and it's got to be every day, right? We teach our children gift stuck every day, but there is nothing as important as these two weeks. It is such a lachat. It is such a a tremendous amount of pressure on so many people around the world to make yuntif, and um, and that goes for people who have normal salaries as well. It's hard. It's hard. The meat bill is is gigantic the wine and matzo bill is gigantic all these things are gigantic compared to a regular uh, period of time whatever you could do do it don't delay it's got to be now don't delay and then encourage the person because they're going to thank you they're going to be like oh don't thank me don't thank me all i ask is you do the same thing sit down and think of who you could do something for and just do it and do it now because Pesach starts, you know, two weeks from tomorrow night. Two weeks from tomorrow night, we're sitting down to the Seder. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Over Shabbos, maybe, families can sit at the Shabbos table and think, who can I help? What can we do? What cool thing can we do to to make it a little bit more fun and easier for people? That was my conversation with Ryan Mordechai-Kanelski. Next up, Dean Robert Goldschmidt of Turo College. We had a recent conversation on JM and the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nahum Siegel Network. Uh, JM and the AM here on a Thursday morning. Dr. Robert Goldschmidt, who is the dean of Turo's Lander College of Arts and Sciences in Flatbush, Brooklyn, is going to join us in a moment live via telephone. I just wanted to remind everybody in this audience, both students and parents of students in this audience, of something that I've said many, many times. you don't. Uh, many people don't realize the benefit of course-based study, of actually getting into a college program, into a graduate program, or even uh, in, in, on a more limited basis just a course of study, a formalized course of study, and how much better that is than any shortcut that people think they could take, especially the young people out there. Many of them think there are shortcuts to this. Uh, So much better than the shortcuts that can be taken. And, um, And down the road, you'll be paid better and you'll be better prepared for the workforce if you are in a real course of study. And that's why we encourage it so much and especially certain segments of our community. Please, if you're a student or a parent of a student, think about this very seriously, especially as the transition is being made from high school to college or from Israel to further study etc, etc. With more on this, we turn to uh, Dr. Robert Goldschmidt. He is the Dean of Turo's Lander College of Arts and Sciences in Flatbush, Brooklyn. Dean Goldschmidt, a pleasure to welcome you to JM in the AM.
3: Good morning, Nochem. It's good to be with you. It's good to be on this program. I keep thinking of your program. It's really an iconic program. You have brought uh, simcha and nachas and good cheer to so many people over so many years. So the program itself has been beneficial, not just because it's informative, because also of the wider impact it has had on people. And again, it's good to join you this morning.
0: I appreciate that. I can't thank you enough for those words. Thank you so much. We'll start with the immediate situation, and that is that there are many students who are going to be coming home from yeshiva and seminaries from Israel for Pesach. Many of them, in fact, will be finishing their Shana bed at Pesach of this year, uh, right around now, and they're going to be thinking about the starting college, their career path, etc. cetera. Um, I would assume that in your capacity, you often take on the role of a life coach. <laughs> in that capacity, what would you say to students who are now getting set to transition from their year or more in Israel to a formal course of study in a college or university?
3: I think it's so important people come back and they focus on many things. Uh, uh, there's a lot of focus on shiduchim, obviously, but there's less focus on structured thinking about one's future. As you pointed out, a formal education uh, it definitely pays off and is important. I think what is critical at the very outset is for any student who is returning, whether now uh, for Pesach who will be returning in the summer. And by the way, we offer... At our undergraduate schools, a post-Pesach semester, which right. will start the week after Pesach, right. but it's so important for students to conduct a serious, honest, and truthful self-assessment. Uh, you know, ask yourself critical questions, and the critical questions are pretty simple, but they have to be faced very honestly. And those questions are: What are my likes and dislikes in terms of perhaps a work environment? Uh, am I or A people person am I a person who can work and thrive well if you are just working uh, 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 with computers for example so likes and dislikes are obviously one very important and fundamental question a companion question which is equally fundamental and equally critical is ask yourself honestly what are your aptitudes and What are they not? And this is an important question. There are aptitude tests, and those can be taken as well. But critical questions, I'll give you an example. Sometimes students have come to my office. I've been at Turo uh, for a very long time, and they will speak about their aspirations and interests. And I hear sometimes things like, I'm interested in an allied health field, uh, whether it's physician assistant or physical therapy. Right. Uh, and then there are prerequisites to get into this field, and the student uh, moments later will tell me you know i, I don 't like chemistry; I, I <laughs> hate chemistry well that 's sort of a disconnect because the preparation for those careers will require undergraduate courses in the sciences chemistry is part of it. Same goes for biology, somebody who has difficulty looking at the sight of blood. And will need to take biology courses. So ask yourself the question about about as I say your 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 aptitudes. Another question uh, that I would ask is uh, uh, is you know what kind of lifestyle do you want to lead? How much flexibility are you looking for in your professional life? And some professions afford much greater flexibility than others. Although that has changed now in this age of the pandemic, where where flexibility has become much more ingrained in. Pretty much all professional fields, you know. Nachum, interestingly enough, today, March eleventh, is the one-year anniversary. Right. To the date when President Trump imposed uh, uh, basically a lockdown. Right. And when the Country went into a full crisis mode. So those are the kinds of questions which I think it's important. And one other element I want to mention: <clears throat> it's important to to have a plan. And by plan, I don't mean something elaborate. Just, just write out what are your goals for the coming year, for the coming two years. And doing these kinds of things, asking these questions about your interests, your aptitudes, your likes and your dislikes, uh, uh, and, and setting some goals will, will structure the conversation and will, will, will be really be a, a very good way to proceed in a in a in in a in a rational fashion rather than sometimes students are just meandering they'll seek uh, to pursue certain fields because because their friends are doing it or because uh, a relative told them this is good for you but you really have to determine you as a young man or as a young woman you have to determine what is best for you based on some of these questions and, and other things
0: as well. Well, great advice, to say the least. A list of unbelievable pieces of great advice. Dr. Robert Goldschmidt, Dean Goldschmidt, is with us live by a telephone from Turo's Lander College of Arts and Sciences in Flatbush. And I, and I don't want to make too big of a deal of this. I know it's probably only like six, seven weeks and all that, but, but the, the post-Pesach semester, especially for those traditionally you know, coming back from Shanabed and knowing that they're going to be you know, staying here for a while, is really a good test. Is really a good opportunity for people to you know dip their toe in the water, and you know if a course that they think they either hate or won't be able to uh, to master, or, you know, or or would find boring, it's really an opportunity for them to see you know what l- let me let me try this out, especially on a limited basis because they they can have few other courses going on at the same time and see if this is uh, you know something I'm compatible with. Would you say that there is uh, that aspect of it to the to the shorter pre- uh, post-Pesach semester? You're making
3: an excellent point. <clears throat> the post-Pesach session runs seven weeks. In this session <clears throat> students are able to take uh, six credits, two courses. Most of them are basic introductory courses and that's another way by the way to discover whether a particular field is for you. Sometimes students consider a field and they are not totally aware of what it entails. Uh, For example, there'll be students, young women, who are considering speech-language pathology, they're thinking of the chesed aspect, etc. But there are technical courses that you must take a whole series, Mm -hmm. and it's a serious preparation. Uh, Taking one course and, so to speak, uh, dipping your toe in the water is a good way of doing it. And by the way, Nochem, the post-Pesach is valuable in that respect. Is valuable in that it, you, it enables you to earn those six credits, basically to jumpstart your your progress towards a degree or college degree. And if you continue, I always tell students there is a sort of an accelerator factor here because if you continue from the post Pesach, which ends at the beginning of June, and about ten days later our summer sessions begin. Right. At, at the Lander College in Flatbush, at the Lander College in Manhattan in Queens, when when you do that, you would have the opportunity if if you continue throughout both summer semesters to have earned by the end of August a total of eighteen credits. Now that's a, a very nice amount of credits. A good, and you're jump. moving towards your degree. So yeah. this is a good way. I also say, you know, if you come back after Pesach, it's 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 a way to start rather than waiting till the summer. Right. And 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 realize that given the current conditions, courses we offer at present, given these uh, pandemic situation, are offered via Zoom. So there is that flexibility as well. So there's a lot going and a lot to be said for the merit of of uh, doing a post Pesach and then moving on to the summer, and obviously then the fall.
0: Yeah, with the post Pesach and the summer, it's a great combination to really jumpstart one's college career. And frankly, in Israel, it's a much different academic system that people right. had gotten used to for a year or two. So it is a good idea to slowly, with a course or two, you know, start things up and get back into the way things work here in a real college atmosphere. So that's also... I, I,
3: I think really that's important. You know, you mentioned Israel. I do want to say that uh, I'm a very strong supporter of the Israel sure. experience. A year in Eretz Yisrael or two years in Eretz role. It's such a transformative experience. It's not just a learning in which you immerse yourself, which is critically and critically important, not just for that period of time, but for life, so to speak. But the entire experience and and, and meeting people whose lives are in many ways different from those of people in the United States. They're much more spiritual. So that's a very important experience. But at the same time, as you just mentioned, you sometimes get caught up in that experience. You come back, and now what? And, and and you sort of act without without thinking uh, as as logically as you should, as I pointed out, doing that self-assessment. And the post-Pesach is very good for that. Yeah,
0: no question about it, and everyone should consider it. We're speaking with Dean Goldschmidt. He is the dean of Turo's Lander College of Arts and Sciences in Brooklyn. All right, uh, you know what the issue of today is, uh, Dean Goldschmidt, and that is— uh, Uh, What are the hot careers now during the pandemic? We've spoken with some of your colleagues about the Fauci effect and whether, in fact, people really are turning more to the medical profession because they've seen what the medical professionals have done in the front lines over the last year. Uh, Is that, number one, something you've noticed? And number two, what other careers are people taking notice of during this pandemic?
3: Uh, You're absolutely right in terms of the medical fields, the medical and allied health fields. And those have received a great promotion, so to speak, during the pandemic. Uh, they typically show up on any type of survey, uh, projections by the Bureau of Labor Statistics about fields that have great growth potential. And there's a lot going for these fields. And, uh, you know, uh, Turo as a whole is a leader, a national leader, really, <clears throat> in the field of medical education with multiple uh, osteopathic medical school an allopathic medical school, New York Medical College, which is part of our system, right. and a, a plethora of uh, uh, combined bachelor's graduate degrees in, in health sciences Fields like uh, a physician, physician assistant, nursing, uh, nurse practitioner. We have a nursing program and we are working towards nurse practitioner. Uh, these fields are, are really uh, uh, fields that, that are growing. Demand for PAs is projected to grow tremendously. Uh, So these health fields, really, for those who are interested in a health field career, and and they require formal preparation, obviously, medical school or dental school. Uh, Turo has a a College of Dental Medicine, a College of Pharmacy. Uh, These require longer uh, formal preparation, but they are excellent fields, uh, both in terms of their potential, both in terms of uh, uh, future earnings, and, and I'm saying this not because people should be greedy, but people should be mindful
1: and realistic of the, right?
3: of the expenses of a from family, which yeah. are what they are. Yeah. <clears throat> so these are really uh, strong areas, and and the pandemic has highlighted them even more. Uh, the other area which uh, people are somewhat aware of as well is there's a tremendous boom in fields that are technology fields. Technology fields could be uh, such things as software developer. Uh, Turo has two majors in computer science, and you would be prepared to enter such an area, such a field as software developer, uh, systems programming. Uh, there, there are other things, web design. It is possible, perhaps, for students to enter that field if they're interested in web design, uh, which is less technical, by just doing a boot camp training. But uh, mm-hmm. I'm not an advocate of just going to a boot camp and that's it. But but you could possibly enter that field. So technology is, is also, together with uh, the health field, <clears throat> among the strongest career areas as you look forward in terms of, uh, 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 say, over the next decade or so, which typically is what the projections offer. I also want to mention in all of those health fields that, that I referenced, as well as uh, uh, a related field such as speech-language pathology, we have both an undergraduate and a graduate program uh, in that field, uh, you are doing all that you are doing. You're also at the same time uh, uh, performing acts of chesed and helping people, helping them improve their lives and better their lives and lessen their pain. So uh, there is that element, which I think is very important. And the other element, which certainly is true for the allied health fields uh, that I mentioned, PA, PT, OT, and to some degree nursing, is there's a greater flexibility there in terms of how you arrange your schedule for young women, especially uh, who will be juggling many responsibilities, family responsibilities, mishpacha responsibilities. That flexibility is very, very valuable. But I want to mention on this topic of flexibility, the pandemic, which really has turned the world upside down, globally, not just in the United States, has changed the landscape of, 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 of working. That is to say, many companies are discovering that flexibility is something they can afford their employees by having them work from home. And I think this will be a trend into the future, one or two days. Yeah. People have worked from home permanently for the past year, given the situation. Yeah. But companies have learned that you can have a workforce. You need an office. People will come to the office. But you can make that employee a more satisfied, happier employee by uh, uh, building in this aspect of you could work from home one day a week, maybe two days yeah. a week. So flexibility is a byproduct of this crisis.
0: Yeah, that pendulum has swung far to the other side, but you're right. It's going to end up somewhere in the middle where there's going to be. Somewhere in the middle. Right.
3: I mean, of course, you know, there, is always, there are always consequences. The, 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 the downside, so to speak, because industries affect other industries, right. is the impact. On, on, on developers and real estate, uh, uh, because suddenly uh, you will have uh, uh, real estate companies with office space that will be available for rental with no renters, so to speak, because people have discovered they can save money.
0: Right. We should also point out on the health science path that you uh, outlined, um, uh, most, if not all, of those programs, literally someone can walk in as an undergrad to Turo with the intention of becoming a nurse or or a doctor, or any of the ones, uh, the allied uh, um, um, professions that you mentioned, they could literally go on one path directly all the way to graduate and professional school. Yes. I, as many people know, I have a daughter doing that right now with you guys at Turo, and it's a really organized, well-thought-out, and even during the pandemic, a, a very well-executed program.
3: You're absolutely right. We have these undergraduate to graduate professional school pathways in the health fields in some other areas as well in education special education as well and in pharmacy as well but you're right there is this pathway it's a tremendous benefit
1: yeah.
3: uh, uh... to our undergraduates uh, receive preferential considerations for our graduate schools and let me mention one other thing i mean as you pursue your formal education and we we pride ourselves on our quality and the quality of our education but we are equally Proud that we are doing all that we are doing in a in a setting and an environment that is supportive of the values of a from young man or young woman. Yep. Uh, this is not an environment which you will find at public universities, mm-hmm. where where your values are challenged. So the student who commences his or her studies at the undergraduate level moves on to the graduate and professional programs. You are going to find the same supportive environment in our graduate and professional programs you will never have an issue with things like uh, classes on on Yontiv or on Cholam Moed, right. which is something that you do have at, at, uh, at public institutions. I, I don't want to name a, a particular name, but I will tell you the following, which to me was a revealingly shocking kind of piece of news. A, a student who recently graduated, this particular student graduated from the Lander College in Flatbush uh, two years ago, and she is in dental school. Uh, for a variety of reasons, uh, 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 she chose to stay in New York. She is not at Turo's Dental School, but another major university dental school. And again, I, I don't want to name the school. And she related to me in her first year that the first major exam that was scheduled at that school happened to have been on Yom Kippur, which, you know, this is in the city of New York. <laughs> wow. It's not uh, in, 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 in in some community where there are small Jewish uh, uh, populations and in the city of New York it, it shows a tremendous amount of insensitivity uh, I would say but I, I come back to the point you will have none of these issues to deal with at Toro you will have the issue of doing your work and and uh, when you are graduate or professional school there's a lot of it and there is pressure that you face and you have to to be aware of it and and obviously you have to handle it but I always tell students when you continue your education in Turo's graduate school, whether it's the health sciences, whether it's social work, whether it's speech-language pathology, whether it's technology, uh, whether it's the graduate school of business, our law school, you are going to focus on your work. And your work entails, as I just said, a certain amount of pressure. But one set of issues that you will not face, and I think it's critical to say that, is what will it be, how can I handle my studies, and at the same time these challenges of uh, remaining a firm, fully observant, fr- fr- fully Torah true young man and young woman. You will not have to ask for dispensations. These are non issues. Right. They are oh. off the table. So, you know, that's a tremendous benefit for any young man or young woman from our community who ends up continuing his or her education uh, towards a, a respectable career in one of our graduate and professional
0: schools and finally uh, all the other professions that one might uh, remember our uh, uh, our community uh, gravitates to a lot of young men and young women who uh, want to uh, get a degree in accounting a cpa computer science and many others all those tracks are also available of course uh, at the toro at toro college and they'll be able to uh, pursue all of those plus they are uh,
3: they are available i want to mention you mentioned uh, accounting we have a top-ranked CPA program. Last year we ranked second in New York State uh, on the uniform CPA exam based on the pass rate of our students. We we bested such schools as Columbia, as Baruch, as Queens College. I can go on. There's only one other institution that scored higher than our students globally did. And uh... you should be aware that we have an accelerated cpa program for students who meet that particular criterion they could earn their degree and be ready for the uh, exam in a period of twenty two months so that's important And one other thing i want to mention you is sort of a uh, reference here both accounting which which is a solid field uh... cpa's are needed whether the economy is booming or whether companies are doing poorly they'll always need cpa's for their uh, books to To handle their finances, and there are a lot of opportunities for a CPA. You don't necessarily have to work as a CPA. You could become a CFO of, of a, a company, etc. But the commonality between uh, what you mentioned, accounting, CPA, that particular field, and say majoring in computer science, I tell students, both of these fields happen to be fields where you are going to be employment ready with a bachelor's degree right you do not need a graduate degree some students go on for a graduate degree eventually uh, accounting majors will go on for a master's in taxation for example or an MBA but that is not a requirement for employment and so in a sense the I don't want to say the beauty but the characteristic of these particular majors is that with a bachelor's degree you are employment ready in other fields of course you have to go on for graduate and professional school uh, you're not a speech uh, pathologist unless you have completed your master's degree. You can right. just do an undergraduate major in that field, but that does not prepare you to be employed at that moment. Uh, so, but Turo does offer these fields. That is correct. The other options uh, uh, you know, you're you not mentioning, which, which are popular and they have gained, uh, regained more popularity in this pandemic, uh, we offer a political science pre-law program. And I get reports from uh, the Law School Association the pandemic seems to have spurred students to think more seriously of graduate school. Uh, medical school applications are up, I believe something like 15%. Law school applications, take uh, students who take the LSAT, which is the, the requirement for a law school uh, application. That is up, that statistic is up by 30% or so. So uh, I think maybe a byproduct. Uh, I don't quite know the relationship between uh, the pandemic and, and a spurt in, in interest and applications in a number of professional areas is quite evident.
1: It's, it's mm.
3: really uh, you know, evident. We have seen it at our medical schools. We have seen it at the law school. Uh, but both of those fields that you mentioned, I would call them perennials because they are of continuing interest, are solid fields. And again, computer science uh, uh, is going to have a, a significant growth And accounting is a solid field as well.
0: Information about the uh, post-Pesach session, summer school, uh, summer sessions, and, of course, uh, full-time sessions uh, at Turo College. I assume that, uh, uh, Dean Goldschmidt, uh, all the information is available at Turo.edu. Would that be correct?
3: That is correct. It's all available there, and, and uh, there's a tremendous amount of information there. Students can apply online. Uh, for the post PASOC session, we have actually introduced a shortened, simplified application form because we realize students have just come back and they have to act quickly, and high schools might be closed during this time. So we have a shortened application form, but yes, the application is there. I always tell students, Take that first step in terms of applying and I want to add one more point Uh, each one of our campuses uh, has a career uh, advisement office and our staff uh, at the college in Brooklyn we have a staff of four individuals in that office they are ready uh, to assist students who have applied who haven't yet registered to have conversations whether it's by zoom or by phone they're also on campus and there are some in-person meetings and we are here to help students, and that's, by the way, an important resource. Uh, the the Advisement and Career Services Office is a tremendous resource uh, that is available to uh, students at Turo at each one
0: of our campuses. Dean Goldschmidt, this has been great. I hope we've convinced more um, uh, listeners of student age and their parents that a course-based formal education not only is uh, better organized and uh, better for the uh, uh, education of a student, but uh, will lead uh, to much more advancement and success in whatever field they choose. And I would say all, but I guess that, that wouldn't be proper, although I think I'd be accurate. But but most <laughs> of those courses of studies, if not all, are available at Turo. Information about all of this, folks, especially with what we started in terms of the uh, uh, post-Pesach program, go to Turo.edu. Again, that's Turo.edu. Dean, Dean Goldschmidt, thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank
3: you. Thank you, Nachum, for having me. All the best.
0: I appreciate that. Bye-bye. A real pleasure. And a chad Kosher Vesameach. More coming up. It's Thursday at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Dean Robert Goldschmidt. Ruvain Garber is next. We had a new music alert with his amazing brand-new album, Ruvain Garber, a recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. Wednesday morning broadcast, 42 degrees, sunshine. Yerushalayim is at 83. Woo! We're at 42 here in New York at JM&AM. Well, it's a new music alert uh, Wednesday, and the reason it's a new music alert Wednesday is because Ruvain Garber is with us live via telephone from thousands of miles away. He's got a brand-new album just released. We've been playing the stuffing out of it so far. A lot of very... um, appealing selections to say the least and he is not even though it's a new music alert Wednesday he is not new to the world of Jewish music he's been involved been involved in a bunch of projects uh way before this we get to speak to him this morning or I guess for him it's this afternoon since he literally is speaking to us from South Africa today Ruvane Garber a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM
4: so how
0: are you? Uh, Baruch Hashem, now what city in South Africa are you in right now?
4: Johannesburg.
0: And that's where you were born and bred, right?
4: Born and bred, Johannesburg,
0: correct. Remind our audience how you first got involved in the Jewish music scene.
4: How I got involved in the Jewish music scene? And I don't know, shouldn't guided me there, but the way is the way it, 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 it happened. Um, and our language was as follows. I got involved with a project called uh, Derech Achim. Many people are familiar with it. Yep. A couple of years ago we started the beautiful venture of Derechakim, myself Mabale, and my brother in law. And that's really where it started.
0: I mean, to us it was uh, one of the most innovative and creative acts, uh, videos, songs. We still played Derech Achim, frankly. Uh, it was really a wonderful musical project. Did that lead to live performances and stuff, or was that something that you just left as recorded material? What 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 happened to Derech Achim in the long run?
4: Sure. So absolutely, Derech HaChem, as you say, was very, very successful, and uh, the music and the videos were received globally with tremendous hatzlach, uh, Baruch Hashem. Derech Achim, really what we've done as follows, just uh, my brother-in-law, who's really behind the compositions, many of them, and the production, and we have a musical mastering and all that side of things. he he's really he has, his, his uh, passion doesn't lie in performing, um whereas mine is you know the the performing side of things, but he's more the composer and producer, and uh, I'm more enjoy the performing so we did at a certain point we decided it would be better and uh, that's really what we've continued now really in sense a continuation of Derek Achim, you know saying he produced the, the album and um I'm, I'm performing it, but that's really what's uh why. Derek Bunch into being a solo
0: artist. Interesting. Ruvain Garber is with us. He's in Johannesburg. I'm not kidding, folks. He's in Johannesburg, and it's a new music alert Wednesday here at JM in the A. And now um, there are a bunch of selections. There are nine songs on the brand new album. Uh, let's do one of them right now, and uh, and then we'll get uh, some comments when uh, uh, when people hear this song and some of the other songs. They'll understand that there's a lot of questions to be asked, and you'll know what I mean as soon as you hear it. Anything special you want to tell us about "Otra," or we'll play it first and then discuss it?
4: Um, play it first and then we'll, we'll talk about it after. they get excited
0: first. Yeah, I think that uh, your songs in general, I think once people hear it, they'll understand why there's so much uh, to discuss uh, regarding it. Uh, "Otra" is brand new. Ruvain Garber is on. A new music alert Wednesday at JM in the AM. New music alert Wednesday with Odcha. That's Ruven Garber, brand new at JM in the AM, and he's with us live via telephone from Johannesburg. It's just a beautiful arrangement. I mean, who's responsible for arranging that song? mainly, it's my the main
4: main producer and composer,
0: behind I mean, really done well, and that's why uh, I mean one of the, one of the reasons we loved featuring you guys, and we continue to love featuring your work is because uh, it, it, it's a distinct sound, and I think the arrangements have a lot to do with that, right? Wouldn't you say that, that be, because of his, uh, uh, you know, his signature um, uh, arrangement, it's, it, it sort of gives you a sound that really nobody else has?
4: Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Look, there's absolutely no question. I mean, it's multifaceted. Really, the whole, firstly, as you say, the music definitely has a very, very fresh sound. And uh, that's certainly why we actually uh, began to reflect in the first place with the whole fresh you know, new, new sound in the Jewish world, which we were trying to bring. And at the same time, but it's much, much more further reaching than that. You know, on the one hand, it's the sound, but even deeper uh, than the sound and the quality of the music for me personally is, is the message and, you know, the depth of the song. So I encourage all the listeners just to go take a look if one have not seen yet. There's a beautiful music video that was made with the song Odga to release uh, the album. it really just um, outlines. What it means to do mitzvahs, what it means to do mitzvahs, the simcha. It's one thing to do a mitzvah, but it's to realize and we realize how privileged we are to be. A, what it means to be a yid, and then when one can do a mitzvah with simcha, that's really what it's about, and that's really the word in the song. Thank you, Hashem.
0: And people would uh, all they have to do really is, is search Ruvain Garber Odcha, and they'll see that video, right? It pops up, and uh, and they'll see exactly yeah, what it. you mean. Um, you know, it, 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 I mean, obviously in this conversation at some point we'll talk about the lyrics in some of your songs, and I think you know what I'm alluding to, uh, so we won't do that now. But musically, one of the things that we uh, we felt when you first came out with that really fun video years ago um, was that there was a real uh, a tip of the hat, so to speak, to your hometown and your home country. Uh, it, it, would you say that in this song, that e- even in Outre there is a South African influence? Like, there's something musically there that we probably wouldn't feel, uh, on, you know, on this side of the world when we're compo- when people here are composing and arranging.
4: So, as we chat I can hear you're referring to that too, and uh, The album has quite a few different genres and languages, both Hebrew, Spanish, Angli- and English. Right. Uh, but in terms of in terms of this song, um, so not particularly in terms of the music of the song. It's a uh, Generic globally, but in terms of the music video, perhaps one will feel a little bit of an African touch to that.
0: Right. Well, take a look. Yeah, that's a good point. In fact, <laughs> in, in fact, the visual of, of most of your videos, I think we can make that argument for. <laughs> There's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of taste. You take great pride in your hometown, it seems.
4: We've <laughs> got beautiful fish scenery here. As
0: you know. How are things in South Africa, by the way? I mean, you basically, because we seem to always make the headlines. You, you, you probably know what's been happening over the last year and how severe things have been here. How is it, how have things been in South Africa, and what's your Jewish community like? Have they have they gotten back to any sense of normalcy yet? Interesting question.
4: It's been challenging. I think it's been challenging, like in other places in the world, has gone through different different stages where it's been sometimes worse, worse than others. So I think now through the trying to everyone's trying to get back on the sheets to some degree, but yeah, definitely people have taken a knock on
0: many areas. I many mean accounts. I mean when you go to shul on Pesach, will it be a, a, a close to a normal experience or you're not there yet?
4: And um, no, not there uh, wow.
0: not Wow! much fewer people, many, many,
4: many outside. Every, everybody's still wearing masks and all, you know, a lot of
0: different things. Here. Wow, it's the same everywhere. It's the same everywhere. Unbelievable. Ruven Garber is with us. He's literally speaking to us from Johannesburg, South Africa. No joke. And uh, who would have imagined that Johannesburg, South Africa, would put out uh, some of the most uh, amazing Jewish music that we have today. Uh, He's no newcomer to this as we described. Let's do this song IA and then we'll get into the multiple languages and why Ruvain Garber felt the need to uh, spice things up with words frankly that we don't understand (laughs) and we'll explain coming up. The song is called IA and you're listening to a new music alert Wednesday with Ruvain Garber at JM in the AM. In the AM New Music Alert Wednesday with Ruven Garber, who's speaking to us from Johannesburg. So it is, so it's not anything, it has nothing to do, I mean, you'll tell me if I'm right or wrong, it has nothing to do with South Africa. Uh, the only other language aside from Hebrew in that song is Spanish. Would that be right? Ruvain, you there? Oh. can you hear me? Oh, now we hear you. No? Go ahead. Am I right or wrong about that? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Why are there, Why has this song transformed into a Hebrew and Spanish song?
4: Okay, so as, as mentioned initially, part of our music vision, you know, is to is to bring everything into it, you know, for every type of Jew, for every type of genre, just, you know, the whole spectrum. And uh, by the way, I have been blessed to have Spanish as one of my languages. My parents are... And Argentinian. I actually learned Spanish before English, even though I was born in South Africa. Wow. So I do have that language. And uh, musically, obviously, as you know, the Latin type of music and there's its own genre and certainly something which is uh, beautiful to dwell on. So just when, we, when, we, when we made the song, we just felt that that was, uh, that was the best uh, suited energy for the song.
0: But again, the song, the music, the arrangement sounds like your hometown. Am I right about that or I'm just dreaming that? In
4: terms of African, yeah, I think there's other songs in the album that have an African feel. I think this song specifically got more of a Spanish Latin type of feel.
0: <laughs> Interesting. So shows you what I know. <laughs> Ruvene Garber is with us. By the way, are they are they discovering you in Israel the way we discovered you here in the New York area?
4: Baruch Hashem, we're very blessed. Thank God, we're actually in here to Hashem planning to make Aliyah in six weeks or so. So we're yeah. actually planning to move over and, you know, be do a lot of things there. But, yeah, thank God our music, both there, and as well. This music is going around a lot in Israel now.
0: Very, very nice. And do you know what city you'll be living in yet? No. We have Hashem.
4: We're planning, we're looking at Shemesh, Yerushalayim, but we got a few basic uh, arrival plans in your But then after we'll wait for Hashem to
0: And I know what COVID has done to the New York uh, Tel Aviv corridor. Um uh in light of the uh, in light of the uh, uh the fact that so many people are trying to make Aliyah but it doesn't always go one hundred percent smoothly in terms of uh, getting flights, etc. Is is COVID delaying things for you or are things are thank God the going smoothly?
4: Uh definitely there's been many delays for many people, but Bal Hashem Aliyah is still happening, even though sometimes people must laugh and things like that as you as you say, but uh, Baruch Hashem it is still happening.
0: No wonder you're so successful, because you've always had your uh, eyes on Israel. So there you go. There uh, you go. All the book is from Israel, you Can't wait to meet you one of these days. Now that you're moving to Israel, it actually might happen. JM and the AM, new music alert. Uh, Wednesday, Ruvain Garber's with us. Got a brand new album. By the way, how do people get the music? Explain how people can, uh, can get the music now during 2021. Well, sure. So the
4: way to get it is not by getting a hard copy of the album. We'll rather, go and you, go on, uh, you can just Google, you know, YouTube or Facebook or Instagram. Ruvain Garber, and you'll find it there. Uh, the latest music video of has all the links to Spotify and Apple Music and all the other platforms. Also, to so get right. the songs.
0: So simple as that. Uh, just uh, search Ruvain Garber, and you'll find all the 2021 methods of getting the brand new album and enjoying it, putting it into your own music mix, folks, so you will not be disappointed, that much I could tell you. All right, we'll wrap up with Ivdu. What do you want to tell us about Ivdu?
4: I think there's one final message. Everybody's going to know it has been a challenging time for everybody, for all the of the world. I think there's one final message, as we all know. Again, just to encourage people, please, to check out the video. or the khai. On that video specifically, we had this put to just really outline this point of doing mitzvot simcha, and that's what it means to be a Yid. You know, it's, it's, everybody knows the famous idea brought of the Arizal. The Arizal, everybody's heard of the Arizal. The Arizal he, 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 he reached tremendous, tremendous levels of and one would have expected an amazing, due, due to his immense fasting or his immense diligence in learning, or his other, uh, you know, tremendously sacred things that he did. But he, he once said that the reason that he accomplished everything at all the levels was because this due to his simple, happy, joyful performance of Mitzvah. And really, this is the next song we're going to play, Idr. It's about serving Hashem simcha. One of the most potent messages that I'd like to share with uh, anybody listening is just one Mitzvah, to take one Mitzvah, whatever it may be, I'm going to put on tefillin, I'm going to light Sabbath candles, I'm going to do something, just instead of doing it by rote, take an extra 20 seconds and just feel a tremendous gratitude to Hashem for being His children, for the opportunity to perform His mitzvahs, that's one of the most potent
0: mitzvahs that I'd like to share. Wow, very nice, very nice. I want to wish you a mazal tov on the album. Congratulations. I really do look forward to meeting you in Israel one of these days, please God, assuming we'll be able to travel soon, and good luck on your aliyah. And the continued success with the music. Uh, You always struck us here, you and your brother-in-law, frankly, always struck us here as a real, sincere, fresh sound, (laughs) excuse me, fresh sound, in Jewish music, and you've really kept that reputation up with this most recent release. So mazal tov to you, and thanks so much for joining us this morning. Thank you so much,
4: Nachum, and all your works. continue, my um, all of us, that's
0: the same. Continue um, to Amen. And thanks for that. New Music Alert Wednesday with Ruven Garber. The song is called Ivdu, and you're listening to JM in the AM. a.m. in the a.m. Great job by Reuven Garber and really good music. Check out the video, by the way, the Odeh video. Really nice. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored digital radio. Around the world, the web and alchemsegal.com and the Alchem network and, of course, on the beloved NSN app. That was my conversation with Reuven Garber during a new music alert on JM in the AM. Rabbi Yisrael Besser is responsible for the brand new Hasam Sofer Haggadah. It's available at Artscroll.com. Always use promo code radio at Artscroll.com. Here's my conversation with Yisrael Besser, recent guest on JM in the AM. Here he is on JM Rewind on the Nachum Siegel Network. JM in the AM Thursday morning broadcast. I have a very important piece of advice for all of our listeners When you go to Artscroll.com for their brand-new Haggadahs or the brand-new Rabbi Spiro book or the brand-new Uncle Mashi book and CD or the brand-new My Pesach Kitchen book by Fagie Murray or the brand-new Hassam Sofer Haggadah from our friend Yisrael Besser. Always use promo code RADIO. That's my piece of advice. Always use promo code RADIO. If you do, then uh, you'll save significantly, and you'll get free shipping. How amazing is that? Go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. The brand new Haggadah is called the Hassam Sofer Haggadah, the Torah and customs, stories, and spirit of Rabbi Moshe Sofer of Pressburg. Yisrael Besser is responsible for this Haggadah. He needs no introduction for this audience, and he is with us live via telephone on this Thursday morning broadcast, Yisrael Besser, a pleasure and an honor, frankly, to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
5: Good morning. Achim. The pleasure is mine, as always.
0: Do you know that I have, and I'm, I always think about this as the as the boxes of Pesach needs start to come out of storage each year? I Not only do I have, blee eyed her, I guess I should say, do I have a, an incredible collection of Haggadahs. I have three massive boxes of Haggadahs that won't even make it out of storage this Pesach. Is your Haggadah collection similar to that?
5: But isn't that a beautiful thing? Isn't that an interesting thing that people find themselves drawn to get Haggadahs again? And we don't have that, I don't think, with anything else, right? I think you use the same from year to year. Right. It's the Haggadah that does that to us.
0: And I wonder why. (laughs) And It's it's so funny you say it that way because it's exactly what I was thinking as – as I was contemplating whether to take out those three massive boxes of Haggadahs. But we have plenty. of a theory,
5: actually, about it. And it, the theory it has is? to do with the, the novelty of the night, what we're experiencing on Pesach. Everything is new. Uh, and the table is meant to look new. We're meant to feel new. It's our birthday. It's our national birthday. It's when we became a nation. And maybe having a new Haggadah reflects that. I think we're just looking to reach deeper and find wellsprings of new ideas and new approaches and, and give us a new time in the Seder.
0: It's, Maybe. But it's funny, though, compa- I mean, again, you know, when there is a new Kinnis available or a new McGillis-Ester available, you know, there are many of us that would run because we like, again, having the new perspective or different perspective on, on important, you know, Historical works, historical events, etc, but with the Hagada, as you point out it's so it's like on steroids that feeling is on steroids that it, I would assume the people at Art girl who have more than just the Hassam sofa Haggadah in their collection of new Haggadahs, I would assume they are people who automatically are just going to order any new Haggadah out there and frankly not to not not to make accusations here, but frankly they're going to have so many Haggadahs that they're Pesach Seder table, they may not get to all the Haggadahs that they've ordered and collected over the years.
5: Yeah, I guess that's one of the benefits of, of being in Chutzlart and having two nights, right? <laughs> so at least you get to, you know, that's get a little, true. get to widen your horizons a little. But
0: I, but I do know some people, especially in Israel. It's funny you say that. I do know some people who spend Erev Pesach, and now both, both in Israel and in the in is going to be on. Daylight savings time, so you have an extra hour to do this. Who spend Erev Pesach going through our and, you know, come they can't write them down this year because Erev Pesach is on Shabbos, mm-hmm. but, but coming up and bookmarking, you know, really nice thoughts that they want to share at the Seder. So the Haggadah experience, even though it's only one night in Israel, still can take up, you know, one, two, three days or more in advance of Pesach.
5: It could and it should. I, I once heard something. When the first year my wife and I made a Seder ourselves, so I listened to a tape on preparing for the Seder from um, rabbi, uh, rabbi Shor, Rabbi Shore. He said a fascinating thing. He said, you wouldn't send your kid to a rabbi or to a Murrah who didn't prepare. If they just came into class and they winged it, you would be disappointed in that. You'd say, right. come on, this is serious. It's my child's education. Prepare. He says, parents are educators a whole year long, but let's be honest. We don't have that many opportunities to really talk to our kids. The Seder is really the rare opportunity, and you ask anybody, whatever age they are, a Seder is a seminal point in their own relationship with their father and, and receiving things. and yeah. Their father transmitting things. I assume your experience maybe is a little different because your father was a rabbi. Right. You probably got to hear from him on a more, but for most people, the Seder is the night that their father actually got to say something. Right. Now, not the whole Seder, and maybe not both, term, but you have your moments at the Seder where you could really say something to your children. So, of course, you have to prepare. You're not different than a rabbi.
0: And I, I and I like you know. the system where some families insist that everybody around the table prepares something. You know, they're responsible for this section of the Agada, they're responsible for this paragraph of the Agada. Number one, it keeps people right. engaged, and you want people to be engaged in the Seder. And as you just indicated, everything then being said at the Seder is prepared. It's not just you know, stuff coming off the top of your head, so to speak, and that, and that's also really important because people sometimes complain about the length of the seder. If stuff is prepared and it's engaging, there there are not going to be complaints about being at the seder if it, if the conversation and the and the lessons being taught are interesting.
5: Who knows, this better, knows this better than you, Nacham, right? You do this every day of your life. You prepare? <laughs> and you're ready to go.
0: I appreciate that. Um, so I, I I don't know how we talk about the personality of a Haggadah, but again, the thousands that you have and the thousands that I have, uh, maybe it's hundreds, okay. Uh, you know, it seems each Haggadah has a different personality. Let's start with the personality of the person. Who, Yisrael Besser, was the Hassam Sofer?
5: Oh, I'm so excited with this question. I, I did a number of years ago, we discussed it then uh, on the air. I did a biography of the Ksam Sofer, right. and when the opportunity came up, it wasn't, like, super exciting to me. It's much more exciting to me, <clears throat> in a way, more of a challenge <clears throat> excuse me, to write about and discover and uncover a personality who maybe people aren't familiar with or they want to learn more about. It's more intriguing. Ksam Sofer, everybody knows the Sofer. And then I said, do people really, you know, if you go to any shir, in any level of the Haredi community, all the way from right-wing in Satmar, or to go to Waiyut and put in the words Sofer, you're going to see a million hits, earned that are based on the cipher in Halacha, in Psak, in Musa, in Life, in Stories, in, in Chumash. The cipher just formed the bedrock of so much of contemporary Orthodox life, wherever you find yourself in the Orthodox community. He's in a way, your spiritual father and I was realizing that uh, there was people didn't know things about Chlum the Seifir. They didn't understand what he stood for, what his positions were when he lived, and the sheer magnitude of what this man managed to do. That means he created the infrastructure that very much we're still following in the From community. He was the one, the, the novelty of the Chlum who was a and his community. Freshborg, Pressburg, right. which was a, a cosmopolitan city, it was a, it was a big, flourishing city, a fl- flourishing kahila. had a yeshiva at its core, which that was very important, and the people understood the value of an education of yeshiva, which at the time it wasn't like today that it was understood that boys go to yeshiva. He was a father of an in, in, He created what you'd call time cheshavos, or any organization of today he had the truth in the way that Klamzayev ran his community. Klamzayev got up at a hesped of somebody who had been a rent garager, been a young man. And he kept pushing up the, the rental prices for people. Mm-hmm. And the Sam Sefer essentially said that the Vanslam had to take him away because what <laughs> he was doing was wrong. It's ritzicha. We, Jews don't do that to other Jews. We don't we don't make people become homeless because they can't afford the rents. That means the economic policies of the of the kehila were important to him. He he, he ran the, the infrastructure of the community in a way that that it was very much in, in line with what governments would try to aim for later, for justice and, and opportunity for all. The, the Seifer would visit the, the Shlachtais and the Matzah Bakery and the Trillin Maker all the time. He was on top of every aspect of his community. And then you look at his Torah, and you're like, how did he have time to, to be an uh, active communal rabbi? And you know what that life is like. <laughs> and at the same time, produce uh, volumes on, 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 on the Torah and on all of Tanakh and on Shulchan Aruch and on Shas. And it uh, touches on Kabbalah all the time you see that leaving over so so many volumes
0: when you did the research on his life in general, and if I'm not mistaken, the book you wrote about him was pretty thick. I mean, there was a lot of material in there. when you did the research was the Haggadah material at the ready for you like was that where were he not
5: hit- at all I played something interesting when i when the some book uh, the opportunity first came out for it by Mayor's lotta which was still alive Mays that's all. So I discussed it, so what do you think about it? So he said an interesting thing, he says, well, if you can do the thumb Cypher, there's two ways to do it. One way is to do it right, and it's going to be a 15-volume work, and you know what's going to happen to that? No one's going to read it. Wow. So the challenge for you is going to be to take a 15-volume work and put it in one volume. Do you think you're up to that task? Do you think you can find a way to make it readable and user-friendly? Because let's be honest, no one today is reading. Is Maybe they'll buy it, or maybe they won't buy it, but they're not reading 15 volumes you have to make a one-volume book that flows so well that you're packing 15 volumes in there, all that history and everything people need to know. Uh, I hadn't planned on the Haggadah, but like you mentioned earlier in this conversation, I realized not long ago that Haggadah is an opportunity to celebrate the person in a different way because people are engaged at that time, this time of year. They want to prepare for the Seder. And so much of what you're hearing at a Seder has the truth in the chassam cipher. If you're listening, if you're preparing with any contemporary speaker, if you're listening to Rabbi Friend or Rabbi Krohn or Rabbi Biedemann or whoever you listen to, there's a very good chance that a lot of what they're saying, the, 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 the ideas, the fundamentals, are, are based in the chassam cipher. He's the one whose approach shaped so much thinking of the later generations. So I said, hey, if, if this is coming from the chassam cipher anyhow, and then there's the Minhagim of the chassam cipher. The entire Hungarian Jewry, as we know it, was based on the chassam cipher's approach to exactly. Minhag. That his approach to everything. I mean, he dictated how they lived, and they all followed him up until the war. And then subsequent to the war, the rebuilt Kahilas that are based in the model of Hungarian Jewry, of Oberland Jewry, of, of, uh, of Viennese Jewry, all carried on with some type of spirit. I said, imagine we could do a Haggadah where we mix it up. The Torah, the basic, the more well-known. The cipher for whatever reason, it's very, he wrote, I guess he didn't have a lot of time, it was almost inaccessible, except the de Chachamim. And I'm not a Talmideh So I had a hard time with it. So it took a lot of work here to go through those, different Torah, and try to present it in a contemporary way, in an easy English that people could connect to. Just questions and answers. I tried not to use those longer, I tried not to use those pieces that refer to Kabbalah or to Remes that are way beyond me, for sure. And mix it with the stories, and and like I wrote, the spirit of, of who the Ksav was. Right,
0: I have to. I'm going to have to. His
5: children said that he uh, he had a new daughter-in-law to the family, so they were describing who the Ksav wife, who her father-in-law was. So they said it's hard to look at him on Shabbos, but by the Seder, his face is so radiant that that you will you won't be able to look at him at all. So she said it's a Hungarian Guzma. She, she, she didn't come from Hungary. So it's an exaggeration. Hungarians talk a certain way. She said this, uh, not me. <laughs> and I would not racially profile that way. <laughs> she said it's a Hungarian exaggeration. By the Seder, she told her sister in law, You were right. He shines like the sun. That means whatever radiance there was, because I'm sorry, right. a warrior, at the Seder, it went to another
0: place. <laughs> Yisrael Besser is with us live via telephone. The Haggadah is called the Chassam Sofer Haggadah. It's brand new. The Torah and customs stories and spirit of Rav Moshe Sofer of Pressburg, the Chassam Sofer. Uh, From a practical point of view, uh, this brand new Haggadah and all the brand new material and all the offerings on artscroll.com available at um, a significant discount and free shipping if you use promo code RADIO. The important lesson here is when you go to artsgirl.com, always use promo code radio. In one of the blurbs it says you're capturing his feelings of emuna and anticipation in addition to feeling his spirit at the Seder. What could you tell us about his emuna and anticipation which which displayed itself during the Pesach holiday?
5: Again, the conversation's above me. I would refer readers directly to the Haggadah to see his terror. but if I have to explain an example of that, For <clears throat> one of the big battles of his life was against the Reform movement, the assimilationists, which at the time, it just seemed like the feeling was uh, that, you know, it was post I'd see, and there was a big feeling, and the Reform uh, manipulated this and played into this cynically, that the Mashiach thing is not happening, that we're around for too long and give it up. That, that's not a reality anymore. And they convinced people. And the way the reform people did that, it wasn't like you think when you're a child. You know, you have sometimes like these Haggadahs where Asa, with the four sons, yep. so the Chacham has, a, has like Payas and the Rasha has a backwards baseball cap. You remember those Haggadahs? And he's holding a baseball bat?
1: Oh, yes. You know?
5: <laughs> it, so it wasn't like that. The reform were, were scholarly people and they were intelligent people and they would produce the Durham and they would take out references to the Beis HaMikdash and to Shalim and to an ultimate redemption all the time. And the Khram Cypher was way ahead of the game on this. He he saw where it was headed. So the seal Yeshua, longing for the redemption became you know, the Khram you look in this farm, the Droshas that he gave in the month above Drasha La Zainov, Drosha above he would count every single year the way he started his Drasha was counting the amount of years since the destruction of the Corvin And By That's the time he finished everybody was crying and and, and, and just waiting for the Basemagdish to come down at that moment. He he worked very hard on viewing that in his people. The Amun of the Kham Cipher was, so, so he took people and like we said earlier the concept was a rev of, of balabatom if you again if you look at the hungarian model of of communal life vis-a-vis even the literature world we are uh, I, I don't know how much invest in, was invested in the in the in the tailors and in the blacksmiths i, I don't know maybe i'm wrong like i said you, you have a different messiah. i'm sure you heard a lot about this from your father but in hungary everybody was expected to know how to learn and everybody was taken seriously the Balabatum, i, I would say they, they weren't second class citizens they were they had their role to play in the society was a big part of that so one of the Things he did was he talked about Muna to them. The Chasam the, Sofer talked about Muna You know, he 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 learned Svarim before he said shiur every day. And when he in every drasha he spoke about Mashiach's coming. And, and in one drasha he says, "What's the most essential Jewish talent? What is the most fundamental Jewish talent?" So the the most essential Jewish talent is the ability to wait. It's patience. We're a people of patience. He says, "Look at the raya. Every Jew lives his life preparing for a world that we've never seen." We don't know what exists other than the fact that our parents told us and we kind of sense it in our hearts that we're living for something else. But this world that we're living in, we're not doing it for today. We're unlike any other nation. We're living for something we can't even see. But we're ready to wait it out and see what's around the corner because that's, that's our money. That's what we received from our parents. He says the people who left Mithraim early, the B'nai Ephraim left Mithraim, were destroyed right. in the Gemara. That they, right. they couldn't wait anymore. He says, Yithira Mithraim celebrates the ability of our forefathers wait. They waited a lot of years, 210 years, they just sat there. And there must have been moments when they said, let's get out of here, like the B'nai Ephraim did. You see that they did it. Yep. But they knew that we're going to wait for the right moment. And when the Rav sent sends us the message now, we'll wait. So they waited for a generation, and another generation, and, and for 210 years. Uh, he says over there, such a beautiful thing, that Just if you, you appreciate the poetry of the Chlam Cypher, he writes, that the Gemara says that when people, when the Chacham says drasha and the people sit and listen, then they get mechila and all their averus. It's, it's a chazal right. that uh, so he says why. He says a lot of times the rav is speaking in a drasha and people don't really understand what he's saying. They don't really follow it. They're tired. They're not really up for the for the speech, which we see right now, right? <laughs> that Rabbanim sometimes get up and people are like how long is it going to be? And, right. and, and and you know a lot of contemporary Rabbanim have shortened their speeches, right. but not always. He says why do they do that? Because a they have respect for the rav, and b. He says, uh, they know that at the end they will say, some muster, or maybe a story, he'll give them something to take home. Right. So Kassam Seifer says, what that, what's really going on there is it's Jews waiting. It's Jews sitting patiently. That's our essential Jewish media of waiting. So the reason that they get Mechila is because they're acting like Jews, and Jews wait. We wait, we wait. Dr. Why do Seifer, when we prepare our children for the Seder, the main thing we teach our kids is the order. Kadesh, orchat, karpas? every kid has to know that. What's the order? He says, why are we telling them the order? Why is it so important? Because there's a message in there, too. Shulchan Aruch. You know, our kids today, Baruch Hashem, don't suffer from hunger. But there was a time when, when kids waited to eat very, very eagerly. They were, right. they were hungry. It wasn't, it was like they just went to a, to a, a nash cabinet and helped themselves. Right. We didn't they, they were hungry. He says, you're going to wait for supper. One in a year, we're telling you. Kadesh, orchat, karpas yachatz, Magid is a long time. Magad, rachza, devuidu matah, And then you're going to get your your dinner. You know why? Because tonight is the one night a year, my child, that we're imbuing you with the ability to wait. Just wait. It's going to be okay. (sighs) you have to wait. And that's Shulchan Aruch. So late in the Seder, it comes after so many things. We wouldn't do this any other night because a child has to eat. But tonight we do it because we're teaching him what it means to be a Jew. And being a Jew means being able to wait patiently. And then you look look around the world. I'm writing these words. And it's 2020, turning into 2021. And you're wondering, uh, am I going to be able to hug my grandmother? Am I going to be able to go to shul normally? Will I ever go to normal simcha again? And the rest of the world is losing it. And I'm telling myself... Listen to what am cypher is talking to you. He's telling you, just wait. Learn how to wait. It's going to be okay. Nothing lasts forever. No difficult situation lasts right. forever. So Verne Schaum's calculations are precise. So When he decides that he's ready, you know, like we were talking off here, I think where I live in Montreal, the, the restrictions are harder than it is by you. Right. And by you, it's harder than in other places. Everybody's right. dealing with, with the contemporary reality their way. But all of us are wishing that things would either go back to the way they once were, and, and we'll get there again. That means we're all waiting for something to happen. Right? Well, my kids go back to school. Uh, like I said, I had a daughter home for the last month. Right. And, and you're watching her. I might, I'm thinking to myself, is she going to go into her second Pesach in a row without a, a single class, knowing even what Haggadah is? And then you have the Chhazam for talking to you through the ages and telling you, Jews wait. Jews know how to wait just 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 be patient and and, and I and know
0: that and I know this is overstating the obvious, but um <laughs> if in fact we believe and obviously we do uh that we're commemorating you know the the real Chag Hagu'ula Pesach night obviously, and again, I know I'm overstating the obvious and just strengthening your point, but uh, obviously uh, the, the the big reminder. Of a Seder Night is that uh, the gula will come. It will come. And there's a, there, a cheshbin, so to speak. But as you just pointed out, Gavin.
5: And it's precise. And the uh, Chalam Saifa says, Can I say one more? Sure. One more of Sure. You don't usually, this is a different, it's always fun with you, but this is a new experience. <laughs> the the Chalam Saifa says that uh, you say, at the beginning of, of uh, Magad. Right. This is the better reflection. And then you say, Lashana Hababa Arad Lashana next year we'll be free, next year we'll be in Arad Yisrael. So everybody asks all the commentators, "Why does that come in over here?" We're introducing the seder. Right. We're showing you the matzah that we're going to eat. We're talking about the carbon pesa. Come right. join us. Right. So why are you telling me that next year you're going to be you're going to be as well? Uh. says that the Gemara says that loads uh, that there'll be la'ik kanani la'ik kanani. There'll be no more poverty Mashiach Khan. So Khan's money won't be a factor, and everybody will be wealthy, and everybody will have whatever they need. There'll be no need for it. The Kavim Pesach represents Amunah. The Gemara says that the days of Mashiach, there'll be no more challenge of Amunah because the world is going to be filled with light. Everybody's going to know Hashem, like right. the water covers the sea. Sam right. Saifer, buddy, you don't have this chance forever. Mashiach's going to be here, and you won't be able to invite poor people, because there won't be poor people. Mashiach's going to be here, and you won't be able to teach your kids about Amunah because your kids are going to know it, and then what fun is life? The challenge is only now. You, you know, when she comes, you're going to be shooting pucks into an empty net. There's no, no one's fighting you. There's no thrill in that. Is gonna,
0: which is going to be a terrible <laughs> feeling. <laughs>
5: the Gemara seems to indicate like that. The Gemara calls it, days without desire. That means we'll be happy to be there, right. probably. But, uh, but uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm Sure, you dealt with people who experience retirement from work, and that there's a certain fulfillment, I guess, in being able to sit right. back after so many years of working. But, but they, they love miss, the challenge. They, they, they love the thrill, right. of,
0: the grind of,
5: the of, of yeah. trying to sell products yep. or whatever they did yep. their whole life. They yeah. miss yep. that. That means when she has, to stop, so say, again, okay, he's talking to me in 2020, 2020, 2021. I'm writing these words, and I'm thinking to myself, the venture gives us difficult times sometimes. They're not going to last forever. And then what? You know that I'm going to miss this chance. Yep. I know that, I, that you know it's not. There's no joy in diving outside. There's much more inside, But there's a thrill in it, yep. and do we have 10 people, and are we going to say, mean, yeah. no? and, and the
0: thrill of so being innovative and using what God has given us, exactly. our skills, and, to, you know, develop something. And reminding all that
5: we're Jews. You know, yeah. for so long, we are an autopilot. Again, I speak for myself. I right. don't speak for your listeners. Right. But, I, like, who knew how important these things were to us anyhow? We just did it, because it was so convenient and so easy. Yeah. Um, you know, even on the east side, the stuck has more than one million, right? You could make it work. It's Certainly. not that hard anymore.
1: Certainly. Yeah.
5: And, and, and came this year, and we got to discover certain things about ourselves. And the Chesam cipher is ever relevant. The man is not here for hundreds of years, and his tire is so relevant.
0: Unbelievable. Rabbi uh, Yisrael Besser is responsible for the brand new Hassam Sofer Haggadah. We cannot recommend it enough, especially after this conversation, frankly. The Torah custom stories and spirit of Rosh Hashanah Sofer of Pressburg. Uh, Shruli Besser says, even though Nachum Siegel is right, that so many of us have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Haggadahs, this one will add to your Pesach 5781 experience. By putting words in your mouth are you ready to say that?
5: No, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Precisely said
0: it better than I ever could. <laughs> and I always joke with the very wide rib because you know he has he has such a, uh, a significant work on Kinnis. I always joked with him that you know for him the entire year was Tishabov. Uh, were were you at the Seder all year round as you were writing this? Other. <laughs>
5: <laughs> it's sorry, it's uh, but but Pesach is really uh, fundamental, right? The, you know, the Sfarim yeah. the talk about. We say Zeichel Iti and every right. day. That's true. In Kishram, we say That's in Kiddush. True. So why is Pesach different? And the commentators, I'll talk about what's the difference between the Zeichel and triumph Triumph of Pesach night. But the ideas of the Seder are really, like I was saying earlier, the ideas that we try to imbue our children with the whole
0: year long. We just don't get to focus on it well. Right.
5: So Pesach is really the headquarters for the conversations we should be having with them every day.
0: Yeah, I get that, hundred percent. You Besser, a chad a v'samech to you, and thank you so much for this work. It'll it'll be you. it'll be on prominent display among the hundreds of other. Haggadahs this Pesach. this space. Means <laughs> the, a
5: lot to me. Thank you for having me. It's always a joy to talk to you. I appreciate talking A you as well.
0: Thank you, as uh, thank you so much, chad kasher v'samech. Yisrael Besser, the chasam so for Ha Go to artscroll.com. Make sure to order it and make sure to use promo code radio. Whenever you go to artscroll.com, use promo code radio for your big discount and for your free shipping. An important reminder from all of us here at JM in the AM. That was my conversation with Rabbi Yisrael Bester about the brand new Hassam Sofer Haggadah. Go to artscroll.com and always use promo code radio. That does it for JM Rewind for this week. Plenty more coming up. Keep it here at the Nahum Segal Network.